0: Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church Podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me. We're going to start a new series today called When the Mountain Doesn't Move. And if you're missing part of the congregation, they went to Branson again without us. (laughs) Left us here. But they do that every year. But anyway, it is so good to see you. Look at your neighbor and say, you look extremely well today. (laughs) How many of you know sometimes that's just a faith statement? You're looking beautiful to me. Matter of fact, some of the greatest people in the world go to church right here. How many of you believe that? I believe that with all of my heart. And God just keeps sending us uh, great people all of the time. Pray with me. Father, we're so grateful to be here today. We love you. We praise you. And we've already felt your presence today. We have felt the presence of the Holy Spirit to be encouraged and uplifted. And Lord, today speak to us through your word. And we'll be grateful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Turn to your say, I'm glad you're here today. Jesus entered Jerusalem many years ago, what we call the triumphal entry. The next day when he was going back to re-enter the city, he passed by a fig tree. Jesus was hungry. He looked at the tree and he was expecting to find fruit, figs on the tree. But he also was uh, disappointed when he got there because he saw this beautiful tree with leaves but no figs. And he cursed the tree, and he said, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. The next time they passed that way and went down that road, they looked at the tree again, and the disciples marveled that that tree was withered up from its roots. It had dried up because Jesus had cursed the fig tree. He went on to say, he said, "Um, If you have faith and don't doubt... Not only will you be able to do what was done to this fig tree, you will be able to say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Now, obviously, we believe the word of God. And we believe that prayer is important. And that we must and we should pray. pray. How many of you believe that? I was reading a story this week about a little boy. He's about five. And his family had been teaching him to pray. And it was Thanksgiving. And all the grandparents were there. The uncles, the aunts, uh, the in-laws, the outlaws were there. And so the mother said, well, honey, you have been praying some, why don't you um, bless and give thanks for the food and so the little boy began to pray and this is the way he prayed, he he prayed for everything, he said oh God we're thankful for the turkey and we're thankful for the dressing and we're thankful for the gravy and the cranberry sauce, we're thankful for the corn and the green beans and the mashed potatoes, Lord we're thankful for the pumpkin pies we're thankful for the uh, pecan pies, Lord we're thankful for the cool whip And he he give God thanks for everything. And then he stopped in the prayer. He said, Mom, I didn't give thanks for the broccoli because the Lord knew I wouldn't be honest. (laughs) So prayer is something we all should do. Amen? Matter of fact, the Bible says that prayer is something that we should be involved with. Mark chapter 11 verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatever you ask when you pray believe that you receive those things and you will have them. So should we pray? Yes. Should we believe? Yes. Um, Should we receive? Absolutely yes. That's why we pray and we believe. And we're instructed to pray over and over and over again. Matter of fact we have a model prayer that the Lord gave us. Our Father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many of you remember praying that prayer when you were in grade school in junior high and high school? Of course they took that out in the 60s and we've been worse off ever since they did that. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So therefore we should pray. Pray changes, prayer changes things and when we pray it changes us. So prayer is good for everyone at all times and for all reasons but um, I want you to think of a time this morning and, and you'll be able to do this of a time you prayed for something and it didn't happen like you thought it should. Can anybody think of a time you prayed and didn't happen like you thought it should? Uh, God didn't answer the way you thought he would answer. Um, I can think that Carrie and I, uh, we prayed for someone for 24 years and it didn't happen the way that we thought it should happen. And so what do you do in those times? And I want to address that some today because uh, how many of you believe in reality? Reality. Because a good dose of reality is really too much for some people. And you see the mountain, and you see that thing that's big. It's looming over you. It's preventing your progress. It's bigger than you, bigger than me. It's holding you back from somewhere where you want to go. It's overwhelming. So how do we tackle that? What is the the thing that we do in light of that? And let me tell you, there's a lot of mountains in your life. And there's a lot of mountains in my life. Sometimes there's the mountain of marriage and children, the mountain of finances, the mountain of your job and health and depression sometimes, your uh, loss of a loved one, family dysfunction, a broken relationship. Let, Let me tell you, there's mountains everywhere around. I mean, we live in a world that has mountain ranges around us. Can I hear an amen? But Jesus said, if you speak of this mountain, it would be removed. And so when you pray and you say, well, my my mountain's not being removed, what's the deal? So let's deal with that today. Would that be okay? I mean, I haven't preached a sermon like this, I guess, ever. But about a month or so ago, the Lord began to deal with me. What happens when the mountain's not removed or why isn't the mountain removed? So I want to give you about five things that could be my problem and it could be your problem. Here's number one, the lack of faith. You and I should always pray in faith. Faith is important matter of fact i always say this faith is the currency of the kingdom everything should be in faith because without faith it's impossible to please god the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen we have faith because we believe the word faith is in the word and faith produces results because the word produces faith can i hear an amen so we have to pray in faith so when jesus in his ministry returns home to nazareth you'll remember the story he, he comes home, he goes to the synagogue. Haven't I even mean, you know Jesus was a good church goer. Um, he goes to what we know as the synagogue. He's there for that uh, Sabbath. And as he attends, people begin to murmur and they begin to say things about Jesus. They say things like this Where did he get this great wisdom? How can he do these miracles, these signs, these wonders? How can he do what he's doing? He's from our hometown. Wasn't his father the carpenter? Isn't his mother Mary? Isn't his brothers James and and they list the brothers and isn't his sisters with us today? How is it that he can do these things? Matter of fact, this is the place where Jesus gives us this line of prophets not without honor save among his own kin and his own countrymen. And the Bible's very clear here. He could do no mighty works in that town because of their unbelief. Not because he's not able. I don't even know he's able. But we have to realize our faith does come into play. We must pray in faith. And we have to believe in faith because the mountain will not be removed unless we pray in faith. Here's the second thing. Sometimes we pray the wrong things. The Bible deals with it this way. You don't receive because you ask amiss. Everybody say amiss. We're not talking about a female We're talking about you're missing the mark of how you're praying. Sometimes we pray for things we don't need or we shouldn't have or will not be a plus for us. It will actually be a detriment for us. So we ask amiss. So that means we need to ask in the will of God. So how do we know what the will of God is? This is the will of God. We need to know what the will of God is. If you and I have a regenerated mind, a new mind, Paul said this to us. He said we can know what is the good, the acceptable, and perfect will of God. So we need to know how to pray in faith. We need to know how to pray in the will of God. Is this the will of God in me and for me and maybe for you if I'm praying that? sometimes we don't see the mountain move because we don't know how or what to pray for have you ever had a situation in your life and you said man I need this thing corrected I need to address this I don't even know where to start have you ever said that I don't even know where to start I don't even know where to start to get corrected I don't even know how to to fix that Uh, sometimes you don't even know how to start on your own life how do I fix me So what do we do when we don't know how or what to pray for or even how to address it? Well, the Bible gives us an insight in Romans 8. Sometimes we don't know how to pray. We don't know what to pray for. And the Bible says we need help. How many of you know you need help? Look at your neighbor in the eye and say, you need help. We need help because we don't know exactly how to pray or what to pray for. But here's the good news. The Bible says the Holy Spirit gives us help on how to pray your natural man, your carnal man, your your consciousness sometimes d- doesn't know how to pray. But the Holy Spirit comes in and helps us pray. Not with words sometimes that we use, but with groanings and utterings and a different language, we can begin to pray in the Spirit, and the Spirit makes intercession for us in ways that we don't even know how to make intercession. So we can pray in faith, we can pray in the will of God, we know how to pray, and if we don't know how to pray, we have help from the Holy Spirit we can pray in the spirit now another area here and this is the fourth one sometimes we give up on our prayers you pray and you pray and you pray and then all of a sudden you just give up not only should we pray the prayer of faith we should be faithful in prayer does that make sense to you so what happens if you don't get the answer immediately keep on praying what happens if you don't hear from heaven? Keep on praying. And so we ought to pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. Do you remember that Elijah on Mount Carmel, after a long drought, hadn't rained for about three, three and a half years, uh, he brings the false prophets in. He has this encounter with the false prophets. He builds his altar, put the sacrifice there, waters it down. God answers by fire. I'm talking about a bona fide, earth-shaking miracles. G- God comes down with fire. He licks up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the water. The Bible says he even l- licked up the dust around the altar. Boom! God answers. And that, br- that drought's about to be broken. So Elijah goes on up to the top of Mount Carmel. He faces the west, which is toward the Mediterranean Sea, and he begins to pray. Now, he, he's got his, uh, he's got his uh, bud there with him. And Elijah's praying. And he says, uh, go look to the west and see if there's any clouds or any indication of rain. And so his, uh, his man goes out, looks to the west. He comes back. He says, no, boss. There's no indication of any rain at all. And so Elijah said, well, I guess it's not going to rain. They got up and they went home. I mean, no, that's not in the Bible. You know what he did? He went back and he prayed again. So he, he tells this fellow, he said, Go back, look to the west, see if there's any indication of rain. So in Israel, much like our area, most of the cold fronts or the, the weather systems either come from the west or the northwest. That's usually where ours comes from. They can come from any direction, but most of them that's where they come. Go look to the west, see if there's any indication of rain. Nope, not a cloud in the sky. And it had been a cloud there for a long time. So he prays again, and he prays again, and he prays again, and he prays again. Do you realize every time he prayed, he said, go look for a sign, go see if there's any evidence. And Elijah prayed seven times. Times, and on that seventh time, his fellow came back and he says, I see a little cloud out there about like a man's hand coming up over the horizon. And Elijah says, get down off this mountain because there's going to be the sound of the abundance of rain. He just kept praying and praying and praying and praying. Sometimes we give up and we don't pray anymore. So you have to keep praying and I have to keep praying. Daniel prayed for 21 days without an answer. The Bible doesn't say he skipped a day. It's kind of obvious the way it's put in the Bible. He prayed every day for 21 days without an answer. Then all of a sudden this angel shows up, and I love what he said. He said, Daniel, from the first time you prayed, God heard you. But here's the deal, Daniel. There is war going on in the heavenlies. Hey, wake up. There's war going on right now in the heavenlies. When you pray and I pray, there is something that's happening in this unseen realm that you cannot see and sometimes can't sense in the natural. But in the supernatural, there is something going on in the heavenlies. And this is what the angel said. God heard you and he dispatched me with your answer. But the prince of Persia has withstood me these 21 days. I've been trying to get your answer back to you, Daniel. But we have had spiritual warfare over your answer. Could it be you're locked into spiritual warfare with your condition, with your mountain? The answer could be absolutely yes. But I love this little angel. He said, but Michael, that great prince... Michael one of the archangels Michael who's over the warring angels he came down and he fought me through and here I am with your answer I'm here with your answer do you realize in that place he was in Persia he was in the area of Babylon there is still demonic forces right there in that same place we see it on the news we see it in our world it is still a Huge demonic stronghold today. And just keep on praying. Whether it's seven times or 21 times, just keep praying. This is what Jesus said about it. He says, sometimes you have to ask, sometimes you have to seek, and sometimes you have to knock. You see how it gets more intense here? You ask, you seek, you knock. I shared in the early service, sometimes you go to the door and you knock. It's kind of a real polite knock. And if nobody's there, how many of you ever got more violent with your knocking? Come on, y'all are so holy. Matt was telling me this morning, he said, uh, you know, depending on what you need is, you'll knock harder. If the house is on fire, how many of you know, you won't just do the polite rap. You'll bang on the door. And, And if you know they're in there and you're trying to get in, I mean, some of you don't have a clue what I'm going to say. It's when you try to put the cat out, and then the cat puts you out, and you bang on the door and say, Wilma. <laughs> we have a few spiritual people here <laughs> because you, you need to get in. And We had somebody in the early service said that their son had gone outside for some reason and there was a stray dog that had followed him into the yard and he was afraid of the dog and he came to the glass door and he was beating the door to get in. Listen, if there's a wild dog after you haven't even you know, you'll do more than just rap. You'll knock and try to get the door open. You see, we just don't want to just try to lightly do it. Sometimes you have to be intense. Don't give up on your prayer. Keep on praying. Here's the last one. We fail to realize there's more than one answer. How many of you know there's more than one answer? You're always wanting yes. I'm wanting yes, but how many of you know there's a no? There's a yes, there's a no, and there is a wait. Why would we wait? You're not ready for it. You're not mature enough. It's not time. It's not prepared. It's not ready. Ready. And sometimes we always want a yes and sometimes we get an absolute no. And, and I have said this over the years and I believe it to be true. How many of you have been really disappointed when you didn't get what you prayed for? I mean, you were in high school, you prayed for that guy or that girl and you said, oh, let me date them. I want to marry them. You went back for your 40th year high school reunion and you said, oh God, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I'm so glad I didn't get what I prayed for. Hello! It's really true. Because God knows best, doesn't he? So there is a yes... There is a no, and there is wait. You're not ready. It's not ready. It's not the right time. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I want to break this passage down just for a moment so you can really get... I think that the passion that I feel about this verse in this series notice what he said we should not be anxious but we should pray don't worry about it don't get anxious about it what should you do pray about it so don't get anxious don't worry pray about it how many of you know being anxious and worrying will not change your situation worry has never changed anything we say worry is like a rocking chair give you something to do but won't get you very far I mean you can rock but you don't get down the road so don't worry don't be anxious but pray supplication with thanksgiving now there's three things here I want you to catch he said if you pray and if you give that request to God, you can have the peace of God. Say that with me. The peace of God. So what did we do? We, we took that thing which wanted to make us worry, to make us anxious, and now we've traded that for what? The peace of God. Then he said, there are things which surpasses all understanding. I will admit to you there are things I don't understand. There are things I do not understand. Have you ever said this or you heard this? It's beyond my pay grade. Yeah. Yeah. This is beyond my pay grade. I am leery of people who have all the answers. I'm just telling you. They always have the answers. I believe, this is my personal belief, you can have a different one. I'm sorry you're wrong, but you can have it. <laughs> I believe there's, there's going to be some things we don't fully understand until we get to heaven. He said, Pastor, I don't believe that's scriptural. Well, you have to argue with Paul. We know in part and we prophesy in part. That's what it says. We know in part. What is he saying? There's things we do not understand. So I need the peace of God. I also need to realize there's something beyond my understanding. And then he said this, guard your hearts and minds. Why is Paul telling us we need to guard our hearts and mind? Because if you don't get the answer you think you should get, you can be bitter with God. You can have an attitude toward God. You can say, God, you didn't answer me like I thought you should answer me. You didn't give me what I asked you for. So therefore, I'm upset with you and I believe that there are some people littered along the road of Christianity that fell out, got bitter, got angry because God did not do what they wanted him to do. But what if he doesn't do what you want him to do? Then you have to have the peace of God with that. You have to understand you don't understand everything. And you have to guard your heart and your mind that you don't get into a condition that will be detrimental to your walk with God. Because... You and I could become disillusioned with God because he doesn't answer us like we think he should answer us. People fall out because God doesn't answer them like they think he should answer them. You say, well, Pastor Mike, are there cases in the Bible where God didn't answer people like they wanted? Let me give you one. This is in Second Corinthians. If you want to turn there, you can. Chapter 12, Paul the Apostle said this lest I should be exalted in the measure by the abundance of revelations a thorn in the flesh was given to me a messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I be exalted above measure concerning this thing I pleaded everybody say pleaded Pleaded. I that's a strong word I pleaded with the Lord three times and this is what I said take it away take it away, take it away, let it depart from me. And he said to me, sure, Paul, I got it. No. You know what God said to Paul? He said, Paul, I'm not going to take it away. Folks, we're talking about Paul. We're talking about one of the heroes of faith. We're talking about an apostle of God who had a Damascus Road experience. We're talking about someone who raised the dead, healed the sick, cast out demons, preached everywhere. And God said, no. Go figure. Now, now why did God say no? Paul gives us the indication. He said, I have got so much knowledge and so much revelation that the Lord allowed this to come upon me so I didn't get exalted, I didn't get lifted up in my knowledge, my wisdom, my revelation, my understanding of the Scripture because this is what Paul knew, this is what you know. Pride cometh before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Wow. Paul said, God, take this away and God said no and Paul said that I'm not ever going to preach again I'm not going on any more missionary journeys I'm not going to heal anybody I'm not going to raise anybody from the dead I'm done because you didn't answer my prayer that's not what he did you know what he did he kept on going because God said Paul my grace is sufficient for you (laughs) my strength is made perfect in your weakness and here's Paul's response to what God said Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, and needs, and persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, I am strong. Now, there's a couple of words that I kind of have to get my mind around. Paul said, I'm going to boast in my infirmities, and I am going to take pleasure in my infirmities. And I'm saying, what? you're going to boast in your infirmity you're going to take pleasure in your infirmity you know what he's saying God knows better I'm going to lean on the sovereignty of God. And so God must know what is best for me. So therefore, I'm going to boast in it. I take pleasure in it, in my reproaches, my needs, my persecution, my distresses. Because when I am weak, he's going to make me, what, strong. And my friends, if he does it for the Apostle Paul, I'll guarantee he'll do it for you. So, Pastor, are there any places where people prayed and it just didn't happen like they wanted? Oh, sure. You know, you have to begin to read your Bible in a different light sometimes. David's son that he had with Bathsheba, the Bible says David prayed for that son. He put on the morning clothes, the sackcloth. He, he prayed. He fasted. How many of you know he's doing everything right? Right he's humbling himself, he's not eating, he, he, he falls before God, he's crying out to God. And the baby died. The baby died. And they, they were afraid even to tell David, the, the baby's dead. And when he heard the baby was dead, he got up and he washed his face, he changed his clothes, he, he, he went to eat. And... And they said, we don't understand when the baby uh, was alive and, and sick, you, you did all this and now the baby's dead, you're up and eating. And this is what David said, he says, I can't, I, I, I can't bring this child back to me. But there's one thing I can do, I can go where my baby is. You see, I don't understand that because the next baby is Solomon, but I don't understand the first one. You see, there's an account in the book of Acts that I, I have a little hard time getting my mind around. Remember when Herod is beefing up the persecution on the early church? And he arrests two people, James, the brother of John, and Peter. And the church begins to pray. This is a praying church. The Bible says they prayed. And the church is praying for James and praying for Peter. But guess what happened to James? James. Herod yeah. Let me understand. <laughs> Herod cut his head off. But God sent an angel to release Peter. I'm going to tell you, I don't understand it. Why pray for both of them? God answers for Peter, but he doesn't answer for James beyond my pay grade. Don't understand it. I know it happened. Don't understand it. Why is the mountain move for Peter? Why is the mountain not move for James? I don't know. But I do know this. God is sovereign. God is a good God. And prayer works. So you need to believe in faith. You need to pray. You need to believe in the word of God. You need to do everything you know to do to see your mountain move, right? I need to do everything I know to do to remove the mountain in my life because Jesus said I could pray and speak to the mountain and it would be cast into the sea. But if it doesn't happen the way you think, here is the $64,000 question this morning. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to get angry with God? you Are going to drop out? We don't see anymore. You quit praying. You quit believing. You quit trusting. You quit worshiping. You quit coming. Somebody offends you. Somebody strokes your fur backwards. There's a loss. There's something that doesn't happen that you've been praying for. Let me tell you something. I want to give you four takeaways as we wrap this up. Here's number one. Don't get disillusioned with God. And it could be very easy to do. Don't become disillusioned with God. Because you think God should do this and and it should be your way or the highway. Do not become disillusioned with God. Here's the second thing. Please don't give up. Please don't give up. Don't don't pray one time and give up. Don't pray two times and give up. Don't pray three times and give up. Don't dip six times and (laughs) Give up. The seventh may be your victory, right? Keep trusting God. Don't give up. Here's the third thing. Keep on praying and believing. Keep on praying and believing. Folks, I want to tell you, prayer works. You may not like the response. You may not like the outcome. There's three. Yes, no, and wait. You may not like those, but... Sometimes it's above our pay grade. And we want you and I want to keep praying and believing. And here's the last one. Keep believing that God is for you. He is not against you. God is not against you. Now we're going to deal with this next Sunday. But some of you will be looking at me and saying, I didn't like the message today because we should always get what we pray for. There was someone who prayed in the garden. And this was his prayer. Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. That prayer was not answered. But there was a leaning to the will and the sovereignty of God. Nevertheless, not my will be done But your will be done. And guess what? God's will was done. And when God's will was done, you and I were able to be saved. Sometimes we say, mountain, be removed. And we open one eye and it's still there. And we pray again, God, remove that mountain. And we open the other eye. And the mountain's still there. And I'm telling you, do not give up if the mountain does not immediately get removed. I'm helping somebody here today. Somebody's gaining some strength. Somebody's going to keep on going. Somebody's going to not get bitter. Somebody's going to keep on the road, keep on track. Because the Bible tells us that we should pray and believe and expect and receive. And my friends, it's not always on my terms. Bow your head with me. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.